Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to another Love Tennis Podlet, where you're going to be getting another walking and talking podlet, which anyone, any fan from last year's Wimbledon will remember well from George and my walks back to Southfield Station. Uh, the constraints of time mean that I am combining my walk to another station with a podlet. Looking back at Friday's action and also having a quick look forward to Saturday's as well. Um, I have to say, Friday, the, uh, the centre court action is probably, I think if I bought a ticket for centre on Friday, and I can't tell you exactly how much they are because it varies between category, but... You know, in the region of 140, 50 quid, someone just started their car right next to me, handy for the old sound quality. Um, for 150 odd quid on Friday, I think you'd have felt a bit shortchanged. Uh, Ons Jabeur against Diane Parry was incredibly one-sided. Everyone knows how much I like Diane Parry. She's got this one-handed backhand. She gives it a rip. She's always really just trying to batter it from the back of the court. Ons Jabeur, obviously quite different. Someone who plays with a lot of spin, a lot of different spins, a lot of different looks. Quite a canny grass court player. Um, had far too canny for Diane Parry, quite frankly. Actually rolled through her. Novak Djokovic was on, I think, within an hour and a half of play starting on centre court, which is um, pretty racy given that there's a 20-minute gap between matches as well. Djokovic came on, up against Maja Kesmanovic, obviously... A fellow Serb, someone he knows very well. I know they've practiced together a lot. And it showed, really. He's just in complete control. I mean, can't really overstate. Well, I suppose the problem with Djokovic at the moment is he ha- we haven't seen him play anyone who's pushed him. But this does often happen because there aren't many people in the world who can push him. So you sort of get stuck between saying, well, yes, he looks very good. And, well, he's not really played anywhere decent yet. Which is sort of unfair because he makes even some of the best players look not even half decent. So, 
I don't really know where we are with him and, and how to judge what kind of form he's in. He's obviously got a potential, you know, if he wins one more match, he's got a potential quarter-final with Carlos Alcaraz, who made pretty short work of Oscar Otter yesterday on number one court, uh, which is very impressive. He obviously came through that five set against Struth, but then thrashed the export and, you know, as I say, made pretty short work of Oscar Otter, who I know we don't think is, you know, going to win five grand slams, but he is a seeded player and grass is one of his better services, I would suggest. I know Andy Murray, when we were speaking to him recently, said, oh, Oscar Otter is a lot better than you all thought he was last year and took me to five, didn't he? Um, and I do think he's a lot better than that. So I think Carlos Alcaraz showing a bit of form certainly seems like he's learning the grass very quickly. I mean, it's not a total rookie on grass, in fairness. You know, he's been here before. So, um, yeah, I think he's, he's, got, he's someone who might push Djokovic in the quarterfinal, um, assuming they both get there, obviously. But that, I think, will be the first real sort of... Uh, rain check, if you like. What do I mean rain check? No, I mean gut check, don't I? The first real gut check for Novak Djokovic. Quarter-final. It'll be on Tuesday. There's obviously no middle Sunday break this year, which is great for fans because it means they can potentially go to Wimbledon without taking a day off work. It's not so great for people who work at Wimbledon, i.e. me, because usually that would be my day off and I would go and play golf or, you know, see my girlfriend who I saw this morning awake for the first time in about a week, which was nice. So, Novak Djokovic beat Maime Kesmanovic. There wasn't a lot to remark about it, I'm afraid. Uh, Cam Norrie followed on. Cam Norrie, considering he's the British number one, has been for a while, has not played very much on centre court. He... And we'll talk a bit more about scheduling in a minute, but it doesn't always get the best end of the All England Club schedulers. Well, you know, which the buck sort of stops with Tim Henman, really. He is the chairman of the committee and, you know, he really is the man who, you know, signs it off at the end. So I'm surprised he's not given Cam more of a go. I don't know, maybe Cam has been requesting to not spend as much time on centre as, you know, others are. I think that's pretty unlikely he's pretty unflappable i don't think he would feel it he's a well it's obviously a high pressure environment but i don't think he would think it's too high pressure an environment uh and yeah he certainly looked incredibly comfortable yesterday steve johnson in fairness i mean everyone knows steve johnson and as calvin said doesn't have a backhand so you just keep hitting it to that and sure enough cam did and i think he also had a bit of a hand injury as well and he just um he faded away very very quickly uh, I think it was only an hour and 52 minutes in the end, which, you know, for three sets is uh, pretty short. Um, at one point, one of the crowd shouted out, go on, Steve, give us a game, which I thought was a bit harsh, but uh, kind of reflected the situation, to be quite honest. So um, maybe, maybe accurate. Uh, there were some nice moments. I mean, Cam's parents were over in the UK which they're not usually, they live in New Zealand and uh, they're both, his father's Scottish, his mother's Welsh I believe 
Um, Cam was joking the other day that his dad was more excited about going to see his, his football team Rangers than uh, than watching Cam play tennis. So uh, I think probably their faces yesterday sitting in the players' box while their son absolutely marmalised someone. And by the way, it's his first ever third round win in the Grand Slam. He's before yesterday he was played five, lost five. So. It's a pretty momentous occasion for him, actually. Um, and I was doing some draw analysis for the paper, and I found myself having to predict a semi-final. I think Cam Norrie gets there. You know, I don't really see... You've got Tommy Paul in the next round, and in fairness, Tommy Paul is a good player. And he has played a lot on grass this summer. I think he's played ten matches on grass. He's won nine sets in a row at Wimbledon. And he really wants to be good on grass. I think that's the big difference. You know, a lot of players aren't that interested in really putting much effort in on grass. They might turn up, play one warm-up tournament. Sometimes not even that, and then just play Wimbledon, pick up fifty grand, and maybe win a round and make it seventy-eight. Um, but I think Tommy Paul. He said actually at Queens, he said that his coach had said to him that he would end up being best on grass of all the surfaces which I thought was very interesting uh, and uh, he, he idolises Tim Henman talked a lot about Tim Henman He's, he said after he won a match at Queen's he walked past Tim who was working for um, Amazon Prime at the time he walked past him and said oh I'm sorry my volleying wasn't very good today I think Tim just laughed at him but uh, yeah he, he maybe doesn't I mean he must might be the only American in the world who has Tim Henman as his like childhood idol. Uh, I don't know if you're an American and Tim Henman's your childhood idol, let us know at Love Tennis Pod on Twitter or drop us an email. Lovetennispod at gmail.com. I've had lots of emails recently, mostly about Rafa Nadal. Apparently we don't think he's very good. Um, which is not true incidentally. <laughs> I think he's extremely good. But apparently we don't talk about it enough. He is playing tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, Saturday he's playing. Uh, in the third round, fully expect him to win against Lorenzo Sinego because, as previously stated, I think he's very good and I think he's better than Lorenzo Sinego. Um, what else have we got on the plate for Saturday? We've got Rafa Nadal against Lorenzo Sinego on centre. We've also got Petra Kvitova against Palavadosa on centre. And we've also got Koko Goff against Amanda Anasimova on centre. Now... What you might be thinking is, hang on, none of those people are British. Now, I appreciate, for lots of people listening to this podcast, I think about half of you aren't based in the UK. Probably not that interested in British players. Not disproportionately, anyway. I apologise if this busy road starts to create some background noise. I might have to try and reroute. Uh, maybe now is a good moment for a break, after which we'll talk about why there aren't any British players on centre on Saturday. I've managed to find a slightly quieter road uh, on which to complete my journey. Means that I can talk with a little less distraction, although that man is trying to run me over. I know, he missed, Good mind. So, Saturday's order of play. The real attraction of the day, quite frankly, is on number one court. It sits pass up against Nick Kyrgios. The man, the enigma that is, Nick Kyrgios, although I actually, I think if Calvin were here and I said Nick Kyrgios is an enigma, I think he'd disagree. I think 
he has a pretty clear view on Nick Kyrgios that he can't cope with losing and tends to get very angry when he is. Um, lots of people saying, why isn't Tsitsipas number four seed against Kyrgios on centre? Uh, I see where they're coming from. But if I were organising Wimbledon, you know, if I were Tim Henman, Saturday in the Royal Box is quite a big day. Um, with lots of quite important people there. And I think he would probably look at it and go, do I want Nick Kyrgios, like most recently fined for spitting in the direction of a supporter, on centre court in front of, like, some of my most important guests. Now... Look, you can say what you like about the Royal Box and all the nonsense around it and, you know, how it's very unegalitarian and, you know, this should be about tennis. But I'm just talking about the reality of the situation. If you want to know why Nick Kyrgios isn't on centre court, you only have to look at his first round match. I wouldn't be taking a risk on that. Certainly not. The tennis... And by the way, if you've got number one court tickets, you're probably delighted. So, swings and roundabouts. I think it's really important to put big matches on number one court because the tickets are still expensive it's still a big arena it's still got a roof um i think it still has the prestige i know i've spoken to players already this week and you know i've mooted to them oh i don't think you'd be on center but i think you'd be on number one and they go oh wow that's gonna be great like still a big deal for players so yeah i was a bit surprised that liam Brody's on there up against Alex Dimonor, or Demon, as they call him. But, um, I mean, I had someone suggest to me last night, if we want to talk about the tennis briefly, <laughs> which I appreciate is not always, uh, not always what happens. <laughs> someone suggested to me last night, Liam Brody has, quote, no chance against Alex Dimonor. Um, I think he has some chance. He's playing really well. He's probably playing as well as he ever has. Uh, certainly at Wimbledon anyway and he I think the problem he's going to have is that one of Liam's big strengths is his fitness and his his getting you know gets a lot of balls back and the problem is that Alex de Menor is extremely good at that as well and you know it's a bit like what we said about Alcaraz and Grexpo the other day Gexpo is basically Alcaraz, but just not nearly as good. And I think when you have those two very similar players up against each other, it, it you, I think there's an even less likelihood of an upset. The, the thing that I think Liam has in his favour is he has just played Diego Schwartzman, who is a good getter and is someone who, you know gets the ball back a lot and he's quite similar to Liam you know Liam isn't the biggest guy in the world I appreciate Diego Schwartzman calling Diego Schwartzman not the biggest guy in the world is an understatement of the century but he's literally the smallest player on tour but I think in that sense Liam should look at it and think well hang on I've just beaten Diego Schwartzman why can't I beat Alex de Menor? Sports Social Podcast Network with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.